Welcome to The Best Thing I've Ate, a podcast where we talk about the way we experience life through the food that we eat and the advice that we consume. Today, I have my great friend Noah here with me today. He is a registered nurse at Phoenix Children's Hospital, one of the most badass nurses that I know. (laughs) Welcome to the show, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me, dude. I've I've been stoked to uh, be on the show. Nice, man. So um, explain to me a little bit about what your new role is or kind of your nursing career in general. Like what's... Yeah. So um, I went to nursing school in 2017, graduated in 2018 with a BSN and essentially got hired right in as a pediatric nurse at Phoenix Children's Hospital. I work on a ortho trauma telefloor. And uh, I did that. I, I started nights and then I transitioned to days uh, pretty shortly in. And then just this past, I guess, shoot, man, it's been like seven months now. Um, yeah. Time <laughs> flies, bro. It does. It does. Uh, I got a promotion to be a clinical supervisor on our floor. Nice. Yeah. How's that been going? It's been going good. Yeah. yeah. I So... Like I said, for the longest time, I've been working days, and so this transitioned me back to nights, which mm. has been a fun challenge. Um, it's actually a lot easier than I remember nights, because mm. when I started on nights, my work, my wife worked a nine to five, and so like we never saw each other. Right. And right. she were I worked I, at that time. I was working every other weekend, and so our only time to see each other was on the weekend, and then during the week even if I wasn't at work I was asleep right, <laughs> and so right. like we never got to see each other and then the weekends I was off because I hadn't seen her and we hadn't seen friends we were like scheduling things out like two months in advance and so like it just always felt like I was at work or I never saw my wife or if I was seeing my wife I had to share my time with her with other people which is what we wanted but mm-hmm. it was just hard and so Going back tonight, I had a lot of fear that that was going to be the case. But the good thing is, um, with where we're at in our life, my wife is a, a stay-at-home wife. She's a stay-at-home mom. So um, even that's if awesome. I work, yeah, even if I work the weekends, like she's still there during the weeks. So. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> she's still at home, so it's been nice. Um, yeah, it's been it's been really good, and it's uh, I I entered into I guess I should explain like what the clinical supervisor role is a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. So. Like, you know, depending on where you work in the hospital setting as a nurse um, and depending on what facility you work at and what your structure of command is, like, there's going to be different roles at different hospitals. So we have, like, your floor nurse. That's the nurse that takes care of, like, a set amount of patients depending on your floor acuity, uh, which is basically, like, how sick, quote-unquote, your patients are. Right. And then uh, above that is, like, your charge nurse. And your charge nurse is going to be in charge of um, patient assignments, assigning patients to people. Um, they're going to be like your first resource on the floor. The The hope or the attempt is that they're not in count, which means they don't have patients. Sometimes they are in count, though. And um, they just kind of make sure the floor is running smoothly. And then above that is the clinical supervisor. And it kind of bridges, at least in my facility, bridges like the charge nurse between like upper management so hmm. as a clinical supervisor like when you're on the floor we we still have to work the same amount of shifts that like nurses or charge nurses would have to work mm-hmm. during the regular week um 
but on top of all like the charge nurse duties that we have, we also have like the upper management thing. So like I'm in charge of nurse evals, making sure nurses are doing well, making sure all the like desk work stuff is done. So I'm like behind the computer a lot, looking Mm -hmm. at spreadsheets. Um, I do nurse evals, letting them know where they're at. Um, So do you do like patient care anymore? I'm guessing not, right? Not directly. So um, like I can still be in count. So sometimes I'll have a full patient assignment. Um, But as a CS, they really try to keep you out of count. And then on top of that, um, like I'm still the reason, like I come in every night, like I still work the 12 hour shift that every nurse does. And so like more what I'm doing is I'm helping with skills or fielding questions like for new nurses. Mm. So like, you know, I'm the one who's like, if no one can get an IV, not saying I'm the best IV star in the world. Like, I'm the one coming. The to vein whisper. The vein whisper. Yeah, <laughs> tickling out these veins. <laughs> so I'll, I'll like do a difficult IV stick, or you know, do a skill that a new nurse hasn't done. Or <laughs> just picture so. you like, like dang, no, we we can't get this IV, and then you're like, oh okay, I'll be there in five minutes, and then you know you just get all the IV supplies ready, stick the IV, and then have them clean up for you. <laughs> like, just walk out. Like, I'm not even joking. That's what I do. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll be, like, this, this is what I say. Like, if someone's like, yo, we can't get the IV on this kid, I'll be like, okay, get all this stuff, get ready. I'll be there in five. I finish up my, uh, like, you know, I'm working away on the computer, I get a little call, ain't no one we're ready for you. Come in, put that boy in right. say like you got this and then it just clean up you know? exactly I'm ready to clean up exactly you, want me, you asked me to start the IV you asked me to clean up right that. right so, that sounds terribly pretentious but <laughs> <laughs> the videos are real though I've yeah. seen the video you know the TikToks and the videos of you know when you when like when you when you get the hard stick and it feels so good like I, I always try to tell like new nurses like you don't like to be a good nurse you don't need to be able to like start IVs or be right. good at like a skill but right. man nothing feels different than like multiple people have missed on this kid yeah they're they're like a known hard stick right and or like even more like IV teams like hey we're really busy <laughs> like you gotta try yeah and you go in you put that in oh. it's just a, it's just another skill under your belt that yeah. like you're like oh yeah I'm pretty sick yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm built different yeah, I'm built different <laughs> no, dude, nothing feels better than just being independent as a nurse like just having your day all sorted and even if something goes wrong like an IV goes bad you know kid rips out there in G2 like a kid's not doing well like if you're able to like do that on your own at least for me in my mind like when I was on the floor if I could handle my day without bringing another nurse in not necessarily because like I didn't want the help or I didn't want to like work with my team it was just the fact that like I don't want to take another nurse away from their staff assignment so like I'm going to handle me and I want to be the one to help you right yeah this is what I heard the other day too that um, you know competence builds confidence 100% yeah and I think that's like that's huge you know because if you have if you have confidence with no competence you know it's kind of empty right but if you have competence and you're you're able to do those things like you know if you need confidence it's there but like yeah, yeah, you know yeah. you know yourself that no, you can yeah, do totally. it you know what i mean and, and i think i thought it was really cool too they were, they were talking about it in the sense of like parenthood oh, and like yeah. you you want to instill competence like in your kids yeah. you know and I, I thought that was awesome just you know being a new father like gosh figuring out the fatherhood thing Amen. and um you know 
how am I going to raise this kid and like, where am I going to mess up? And I think that's my goal now is to just build competence in her. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I think that's like, especially in fatherhood. I mean, us both being fathers, like right. that, that is such a, a true statement to where we're at. And I think acknowledging that like, you're not going to be the per- perfect parent is a good thing. Cause like you can't, like you're a human, you know? Right. Um, but just, through that understanding that and then like essentially doing your best uh, understanding that my goal is to try to make the most competent human being that they're independent that they're driven that they're inspired that they have passions that um you know yeah at the end of the day like I want my daughter I want my son I want my future kids to be able to go out in the world and Mm -hmm. and be be fine by themselves exactly I've done my job when my kids don't need me anymore right Right. Yeah. And that's what they were talking about, you know, is kind of preparing your kids to be adults because we're adults for a lot of our life. Mm-hmm. And they're only kids for a small amount yeah, of their life. Straight up, yeah. Um so that's awesome, man. I'm glad that you're enjoying your new position, it yeah, sounds like. Yeah, it's been it's been really good and like uh not to draw this on, but no, like I, I started at I became a clinical supervisor at like a really interesting time because we COVID. <laughs> and so, you know, a lot of nurses had changed positions or left or, you know, I mean, sadly, like because of COVID, uh, a lot of nurses left the, the field, left the career, left healthcare. Yeah. And, um, and I totally get it. I totally understand it. And so we hired a bunch of new nurses right when I became a clinical supervisor. And so I started with all these new uh, baby nurses. Uh-huh. And, uh, like at first, like, I'm not going to lie, uh, <laughs> it, it was difficult cause it's like a bunch of new nurses and like, if something went wrong, I couldn't look to another nurse on the floor and it was like, Oh, that's my skill. That's my knowledge. That's my, you know, competence. Right. And so I had to work with them in a new position for myself. I had to build my own competency, my own skill and in, in the leadership role up <clears throat> for these new baby nurses yeah. that are fresh out of school, uh, fresh into peds. Because uh, peds is a whole different ball game from adults. So yeah. even, we had a couple of nurses that had worked in adults for a year or two and in, in transition into peds. And so, you know, I kept on telling them, like, yeah, it, <laughs> it's difficult right now, but give it a year, work on it. And in a year, like, this this team is going to be solid. Like, mm-hmm. You're going to know what you're doing and what you're going to know what's going to happen before it happens. And, like, once we get there, it's going to be great. And so, like, yeah. I think now seven months down the line – um, the team that we have is really solid. I think we're all really cohesive now and they're start, it's starting to click for a lot of them. Mm-hmm. So it's really fun seeing how these ner- new nurses have developed They're they're like getting it. And yeah. that's really cool for me, um, that they're getting it and they're starting to, they're starting to see, they're starting to pick up what I was putting down. Like, Hey, it's going to mm-hmm. be okay. We're going to, we're going to get there. It's just going to take some time. Yeah. Well, I think that shows, you know, you as a person and and how great of a leader that you are because <laughs> i think <You're> too nice <laughs> no no i'm being serious man because i i you know obviously me starting out in the cvicu icu like having a good leader or having a good mentor like changes everything yeah, you know like i i had my fair share of terrible mentors in there who just you know put me down and just that that toxic nursing culture you know it's just like it's the sad truth yeah the the nursing eat their young you know and and it's so stupid it really is I I think like the toxic culture that you know we talk about is like one 
Well, everyone thinks their floor is the hardest floor in the uh, world. Everyone does. It doesn't. It doesn't matter what floor you do, right? Or what, where you work. You could, you know, <laughs> it, it really. It just doesn't matter. Like your whole, your floor is the hardest floor you work on, and and to a degree, like there's a relative truth to that. Like you've never been exposed to anything else, so true. Yeah, right. the work you do is the hardest you do, but you also have to acknowledge that like other people are working really hard and they're right. dealing with difficult things all the time so right, right. it's just relative but I, I hate it too like it doesn't matter where you go in the hot you get floated to another floor oh you got it easy up there it's like yeah. well I mean not really but I see where it's difficult down here <laughs> <laughs> no, I know that's like the thing like everyone I think this thing nowadays like everyone wants to prove like how hard their life is yeah. or how busy they are uh-huh. you know and it's like yeah. why, why why is that a thing like, yeah. you know why do we do that of like yeah, we try to prove like, oh it's my funny. god, I got so yeah. much going on. Yeah, it's funny so, you like, say that. Get sleep. Um, my father-in-law, he he's he's an interesting. I love that guy. He's an interesting guy. But one one piece of advice that I tried to take to heart from what he said is that never start a conversation with, oh man, I've been so busy lately. He's mm. like, everyone's busy, right? Everyone in this modern world, everyone's busy. Yeah. You know, you're busy. Just just go into what's going on in your life. Everyone respects the fact that you're busy, you know, mm-hmm. if, and if, especially if they're friends with you, like they're going to know, like, you know, you're a father, you're a dad, you work, whatever. He's like, don't start with out, out with your busy. Everyone's busy. Just tell them what's going on, you yeah. know? And I, I think that's like, it's a hard thing to live by because I, I know all the time. I'm like, man, I've been busy lately and I, I've been busy. Lately. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, yeah, it was just an interesting frame of mind that <laughs> yeah. I never really considered. Yeah. Uh, one thing I'm dying to ask: What's the stupidest thing a new nurse has like done <laughs> in your supervision? Oh boy, man, that <laughs> that's a dangerous question. Um, <laughs> I think I mean I can't really say specifics. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to get no. Yeah, fired. I totally I don't want to get me fired, but um, <laughs> I think like aside, aside from like it being like a nursing nursing skill there's like a lot of like basic just kind of like i don't know assumptions i don't know if that's the, just kind of some basic like awareness mm-hmm. or like uh yeah basic awareness or logic and i think what can happen for the new nurse is they get like so focused on like the patient or the healthcare or like the technical side of things and it's like like don't like just stop and think about what you're asking me like this is clearly an issue mm-hmm. like like aside from like the like this is an issue and so i i think like yeah i can't i wish i could go there's a lot there's a lot of silly there's a lot of silly things i've seen but i think it's just kind of like the kind of that mental trap you get you get trapped into thinking um about like the healthcare aspect and it's like yeah, no, like you, you shouldn't leave the five-year-old in the downstairs lobby alone because we're not allowing visitors up, you know? Like, you can't leave a minor unattended. <laughs> yeah. Like, I get that this kid's by himself, but, like, we're with this kid. You can't leave the minor unattended downstairs. Like, I see. Like, you know, so stuff like that. Like, I, I, I know that's not a good example, but I can't, I can't go. I wish I could go into this. No, you're worried. No worries, <laughs> I bro. I don't want to get you in trouble. <laughs> For me, so I think the, the dumbest thing... Well, not the dumbest. The one that comes up, I had this worst, the worst preceptor. He was like, he was terrible. He, 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 he was like, 
know, he was a nurse that gave like massages to all the girls on oh, the floor. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. kind you of, already know that guy. That where's my hug at guy? Exactly, yeah. bro. He's just not one of the boys. You know, it's just real. Like he wanted to prove that like I was a new nurse and yeah. I didn't know anything, right? So uh, I hate that mentality. I know it's terrible because it's just a bad cycle of like. You know, instead of raising up these nurses who are supposed to be competent in the next year or whatever, like, you just send them out. And then now you guys have no help. Yeah. You know? well, and I, I mean, I think there is, like, obviously as, as someone who's trained new nurses and is a leader for new nurses, like, there's definitely points in times where you need to let a new nurse know they've done something wrong or right, to right. point out, like, no, that's not how we do this. But aside from that, like, you know. I wouldn't want to, I don't want to say like a minor error, but like just kind of like a kind of a preference thing or just like a confidence thing. Like that's where something is as a leader, as a precepting nurse, as a nurse who's training a new nurse, like that's where you need to take on the leadership and be like, Oh no, like, you know, you want to protect that person. Yeah. You want to make that nurse the best nurse they can be. You're not going to make them a good nurse by like, tearing them down making everyone know this is a new nurse like i hate when preceptors go into the new room to introduce themselves to the patient it's like oh i'm i'm the preceptor and that's my new nurse right there they've been on the job for like three days it's like no just say like oh i'm i'm no i'm your nurse today and that's you know, exactly well, that's because now the patient's all freaked out like yeah. oh my god yeah exactly this person yeah. is taking my name care is Noah. of me I'm, I'll be your nurse and you got aunt with us too he's a nurse as well we'll be hanging out with you today you'll see both of us like that's how I introduce and exactly like, yeah. like not like oh I'm your primary nurse and this idiot he's been a nurse for three days he doesn't know anything he's doing Watch out if he comes in the room by himself. <laughs> he might kill your kid. Yeah, he's so, trying to kill your kid. Like that's the, and that's, that's how I would feel like if someone came in and introduced like the, right. the new nurse is like, oh, this is the new nurse. I'm like, yeah, you're not gonna touch my kid. <laughs> right. Yeah. So so okay, this is what happened. So it was, it was my first night with him. Okay, it was terrible. So first thing I opened up. So this patient had a G tube, and I was gonna give him some medications through the G tube. Um, I opened up a capsule like over his phone. And, dude, I had no idea capsules, like, exploded like that. And they got all over his phone. And he's like, dude, seriously, all over my phone? And at first, I was like, I, I thought he was kidding, was you know? Like, I was like, oh, shit, you know. Oh. <laughs> but he was really mad. I was like, dang, I'm so sorry, dude. Like, I, you know, it's my first time opening a capsule. Oh, wow, right? Anyway, we go in the room to now put the meds in the G2. Mm -hmm. And um, for people who don't know, like you mix it with water and then I pull it up in like um, a piston syringe, like a, like a pretty big syringe. And then that's what we, uh, that's what we use to put inside of uh, uh, their stomach. Um, yeah. tube. The G tube is like a little tube <coughs> that basically connects right into the stomach through the abdomen. It's got like a little button that hooks up to the syringe. There we you go. Just push it right into the abdomen. And so I was mixing up the meds. Or I forgot what meds it. I think one of it was like potassium or something like that. Sure. And it, like, it, like that's what I'm saying. Like it wasn't even like something crazy, crazy. crucial. Just like okay? just like your everyday meds. Exactly. So I was mixing it up. <laughs> I was mixing it up. I pulled it back and I. I saw that there was like more in there. So I tried to, you know, pull a little yeah, bit more. Yeah. Right. And then I ended up spilling it like all over the floor. Oh, no. And then homeboy is like, the meds are supposed to go in the patient. <laughs> and I was like, wow, Bro, I know. thank you so much. <laughs> You're amazing. I thought the meds were supposed to go all over the floor <laughs> and that would help them. Like just one of those oh, things man. of like, dude, 
This guy is just killing my vibe, bro. <laughs> I can tell you the dumbest, one of the dumbest things I've done. Okay, let's so, let's go with that. I um I was a new nurse. I'm by myself at this point, and it's night shift, and I had this um, patient whose mom was very um, very nervous. I guess that's the best political way to put it. Mm-hmm. So she was very attentive to whatever I did in the room, which is a good thing. But she was very attentive. So I come in, this kid needed an antibiotic, and they're getting it IV, and it came in a bag. So I hooked it up on the IV pole, and I go to spike this bag of antibiotics. And I don't know how, I couldn't, I couldn't even replicate it today. And I spiked it through the side of the antibiotics. And, and the, thing, the thing too about these antibiotics is that it took forever to get up here. Like, they were due, like, two hours prior. Oh, my gosh. Um, but the pharmacy was just taking forever. I don't know if they were busy or what. The worst. But it took forever. So the mom was, like, already upset that yeah. it took forever for these antibiotics to get up here. So I'm, like, trying to hook it up all quick. And I spike the bag. I take the, like, the spike that hooks up to the tubing for the IV fluids. And I put it in that IV antibiotics bag. And it spikes, like, through the side of the, of the bag. And so it starts, like, spraying out. <laughs> And the mom's like, did you just poke a hole through the bag? And I was like, I don't know why I said no, but I said no. <laughs> and I was, like, I was like, no, it's okay. Uh, it's fine. This is how the doctor wants him to take it. <laughs> it's like and a it's water like, fountain. Yeah, it's it it like, just like a tiny little stream. <laughs> and then I don't know what like behooved me, but I was like, oh, I know how to fix this. I'm just going to get a new... IV tubing <laughs> and just spike it like a little bit deeper so that the, the plastic spike goes like, like through it and covers well, it and covers it yeah Got it. so I go and I get this I run and grab this new tubing and I'm like on my feet thinking I'm like oh yeah you're you're a great nurse so I like you're problem solving in the moment this is awesome I go in the room the bag is still hanging down I just pull out the, the old spike it just dumps all over the floor she goes did you just dump my son's antibiotics all over the floor? I looked at the floor. I looked at the mom and I was like, appears that I did. <laughs> and she's like, are you going to have to wait all that time to get the nurse? And I was like, yeah, it might be a minute. Oh I, I just gosh, had to take that one bro. on the chin. And I, I felt terrible for the rest of the night. But um, yeah. That's it's one of those things too where like when things are going bad. They just keep getting they bad. Get yeah, they worse, get worse, bro. Yeah. Like you just... You freak yeah. out and like Murphy's law is very real in the hospital. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, yeah, bro. It was terrible. Or like when the uh, for me, at least with the new grab, like when the docs came around, I just my brain just turned into spaghetti. Oh, mush, dude. It was you know? mush, yeah. Well, how long has your patient been doing this? Uh they're like, okay, we, we need to talk to someone who knows what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> I like I I remember my, one of my first admits uh-huh. it was like this rapid that came from upstairs and um, she was in VTAC and they wanted to uh, intubate her. Mm-hmm. My first admin. Damn. It was terrible. <laughs> and they had me call family. First time ever calling oh, family man. asking if they wanted to be a full code or DNR. Oh, and boy. I had no idea how to oh, ask that. Okay. It was just, like, you want your family member to live? <laughs> <laughs> it was, and the guy, of course, gives me the answer yeah. of, well, if there's hope, I was like, okay. I was like, I don't even know what to do with this. I was literally on the phone. I was like, like, okay, hold on. And then I, I looked at another nurse. I was like, he said, if there's hope, like, what, what do I tell him? Like, this is terrible. And so we ended up doing it. And I remember I, I had my, um, uh, what's it called? I had my, 
Versed, my sedation ready to go, uh-huh. and I had the paralytic ready to go. And I remember um, the doc was like, all right, we're ready for the Versed, you know, which is a sedate, uh, sedative. And um, I pushed it through and, um, and flushed it. And I was like, okay, Versed is in. And he looked at me and was like, are you sure? And I looked down and this lady's IV <laughs> is like completely blown. She's just bleeding all over the place. Oh, and no. I was like... Oh my god! Like, why does this happen when the doc is around? It, it, like, it's just, just one of those things that's just where how it happens. That's it was, how, that's it was yeah. It I have a million stories. Like, it's just how it happens. Literally, it's like one of that, that nurse meme um, where like it's like uh, when the doc's around and like you can't even put the glove on. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like you put yeah. the, the pink the pinky <laughs> yeah, the on the thumb spot. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, your brain just turns to mush, man. It does. But nursing, man, what, what like, a it's a wild ride, man. It is, man. It is. All right, man. Well, let's get into the show. Let's do it, dude. Um, all right, first question is, so who are the chefs in your life growing up or currently, um, and what were their specialty dishes? Yeah. Give us um, your, uh, your three options. Man, I mean, so a bit of background on me. I, I mean, I've been cooking as long as I can remember. Um, Guys, Noah can cook. This guy is insane. <laughs> nah, dude. Uh, it's too nice. Um and uh, so I've been cooking as long as I can remember. I think basically about the time I could stand up on a chair at the counter, I've been cooking at some level. And so I think ultimately the first person that comes to my mind who's influential in cooking for me is my dad. And which I feel like most people, it's like their mom, just cause like, yeah. that's like traditionally how it is. Like, you know, right. the mom, the wife cooks. Um, but my dad, he spent a year in Italy during high school and during that time you learned how to cook in Italy and so he had a passion for food and um you know since then he never became like a professional chef or anything but he just kind of kept that passion for cooking and my dad I mean my dad cooks too like my my dad's a really good cook and so um he's just kind of he kind of bestowed that like ability or that love for cooking onto me and so I think like that's the first person I can think of who inspired me to cook, gave me a love for cooking, um, showed me like just just the enjoyment that you can have in cooking, the relaxing side of cooking, the creative side of cooking. Like I, I think like the the cool thing about cooking and being in the kitchen and, and working with different ingredients is that like depending on how you're cooking or what you're cooking or when you're cooking or who you're cooking for, like cooking can take on like many different beasts so Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. often like when I was still working day like now when I work nights it's a little different but when I was working days like my relaxation at the end of the day after a long shift was like going home and cooking dinner for my family um but then it you know it can be like art you know like you know you it's beautiful like on the weekends like my wife and I like to to cook a big meal and you know we'll Friday night or Saturday morning, like we'll sit in the living room and we'll just like game plan. Like, what do you want to do? Like, what, what flavors do you want to have? What cuisine do you want to have? Like, what, what does it look like? You know, just, <laughs> you guys are on a different level, bro. Like, I don't know. It's just like, I mean, I love food, man. Yeah. Like, it's so good. And so I think a lot of that was just like kind of bestowed by my father um, and his love for cooking and his power. I mean, again, he's a really good cook. And so, 
I think what was it like, um, like cooking with him? Was he showing you knife skills or like you know yes. how to cook an egg or like what? Yeah, what was that like? I mean, kind of all of the above. Like, <laughs> not not to sound like pretentious or anything, but it was kind of like uh, <laughs> he's like, like <laughs> this is how you Julian. Yeah. <laughs> no, like this is like, this, this is your master class. <laughs> like, like no, and it, in many ways it was like that. It was like you know in the morning my dad would show me how to like properly scramble an egg or how to properly fry an egg or like you know i remember one of the first things i was allowed to cut was mushrooms because mm. you can cut them with a butter knife mm. and so like i remember like my dad showed me how to cut them and i was so proud just thinly slicing those mushrooms you know <laughs> he was like and they gotta be thin so i'm thinly because we're gonna we're gonna sizzle them up and we're gonna mm. have them over steak and so I'm just thinly cutting precision, you know, and uh, I think that's awesome. I, yeah, and I think about like maybe ten or eleven. My dad actually let me use like a sharp kitchen knife. And twelve, I actually got my own for my birthday. I got my own kitchen like chef's knife, uh, ten inch, just standard shape chef's knife, and um, I was so excited. And my dad had showed me how to properly hold like a knife because there's a proper way to hold like a, a chef's knife right and he also bought me a book on like just knife skill and i remember <clears throat> as soon as i got that it was for my birthday so it was like a hand-in-hand gift i got this book on knife skills and i got this new knife and he said you have to keep up this knife you have to keep it sharp you have to keep it clean it's your responsibility and i remember i got that book and i think I'm, i must have read through half of it the first night and i was just reading line uh-huh. for line you know, it's like like it's 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 like a cookbook too, because so, you you would it, at the end of the the, the latter half of the book was you know you would julienne green peppers and that would be part of the recipe. So, but I remember reading cover to cover that book and just studying how you did certain things. And so I, I mean, I I remember if there was any time to cook in the kitchen, I was gonna be there and yeah. I was cooking. And so yeah, a lot of it was my dad. And then that sounds like a friggin origin story yeah. for some chef superhero, <laughs> superhero bro yeah, <laughs> literally dude. or yeah. like the origin story for like like a celebrity chef yeah, dude. I, I guess the only like the the only reason i'm not a superhero is like i'm not orphan like <laughs> my dad's still alive <laughs> yeah <laughs> he wasn't murdered tragically <laughs> i didn't have to avenge him with like sous vide steak <laughs> so, so but yeah so my dad would definitely be the first person I would think because he he taught me how to cook he taught me how to love food he taught me how to like have a passion in the kitchen um and yeah I think he was just like showed me how to first love food which is really awesome and what was his dish uh I mean (laughs) or at least the ones that come up the ones that come up I mean my dad knows how to cook Italian food Italian food yeah so like anything Italian like I he's got me he's got me beat by a mile. Yeah. Like, I, I love, like, it's simple, but my dad's arancini. <sighs> Goes crazy. Yeah. For those of you who don't know arancini, so you, you make risotto and you, you, you keep the leftovers and they have to be leftovers. Like, they have to be a day old. And then you take that and you make it into a ball and you bread it. And arancini, I believe in Italian, means orange. And so it looks like a little orange when it's done being deep fried. And it's just so good. Oh, so deep fried risotto balls. Yes. You take the risotto and you bread it, you batter it. You use like a fine bread crumb and it has to be a day old risotto. Got it. And then you deep fry it. About two days. 
I mean, probably two days. <laughs> <laughs> it just yeah. has to be leftovers. Like you can't you can't make risotto and then make arancini. You have to let it set up for like at least a day. Got it. So I think about that or just any of the pasta he makes. It's just amazing, um, just delicious. So uh, like that dinner I made you guys yeah. with the with the beef pinwheels. Like oh dad, yeah yeah yeah. My dad makes that. And Dude, that's, that's I mean, delicious, bro. I think it's even better. That's crazy. I, yeah. I can't even imagine that. No, I know. He's, he's good at cooking Italian. So my dad really can cook anything. But, like, if I think, like, some of the best things my dad cook, it's anything Italian. It's gonna, you know it's going to be banging coming from my dad. Yeah. But the Morancini's, that sounds like the, the, the one, bro. Yeah, dude. I don't know why. I just remember those, like, as a kid. or Like, how many, like, would you eat in a sitting? I mean, What's the normal amount? Big. It's like well, probably just like one, dude. Like they're, they're big. Like they're like the size of a small orange. And like, I, I've actually never had them. They're really good, dude. I'll make them for you. Dope. Thanks. Yeah, man. dude. And is it like, uh, like do you eat it with like a side? Usually, no, I mean you <laughs> do you can, eat it with risotto. It's like usually <laughs> risotto with risotto. I mean, usually it's like um, kind of like an appetizer. Got it. So okay. That's like what it sounds like. It'd be like your preemie. Yeah. For an Italian meal. Yeah. And uh, you know you can eat it with marinara. And yeah. um, it's, it's just good. Yeah. It's so good. So I, I don't know cool. why that's like kicking off for me, but that that one, I loved it when my dad would make it. That's awesome. I yeah. It uh, I think for like my the second chef in my life who was kind of like fundamental in my cooking is uh, my mom. Uh, I love my mom dearly. She's like the sweetest woman in the world. Um, she's like one of those people that if you ask her for something like no matter how minimal it is like she's gonna stop everything she's doing and she's gonna do it for you so much so like if you ask my mom a question you have to say like no I don't want this right now but like <laughs> do you know where the Kleenex is <laughs> <laughs> or else like that. she'll be driving she'll like start opening up the glove compartment and like open up the middle console it's like no 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 I don't need it now but like like where would the Kleenex be in the car and she's like no it's right here and it's like no mom like don't worry about it <laughs> So that's like the kind moms, of, man. yeah, the moms are the best. So, um, she loved my mom. Uh, she, when, when she was a young mom, like when I can remember her, like, like my image of my mom, she wasn't the best cook. She's actually a really good cook now. She's worked on it a lot. I think part of the issue of maybe not being the best cook when we were younger was that she had four kids. So it's like hard to like spend a lot of time and love on your food. Mm. And so she didn't have a lot of time. And so she, you know, she made like the classic, like, you know, mom meals, like it was like spaghetti or, you know, whatever. But she just didn't have time to like really focus on it. And between the four of us running around crazy, she didn't get a lot of time to focus. Um, but the one thing my mom has always been amazing at is baking. Baking. She's okay. a good baker, man. She And she can bake anything. Yeah. And so like for the longest time, I actually like didn't even touch baking because my mom, like she's just always baked, you yeah. know? And, um, and my wife's a good baker too. So I've never, I've never had like really a desire to bake. Cause like uh, I've had these two, like, you know, instrumental people in my life who are good at baking. Right. Um, but my mom, just her ability to bake and, um, like what she's made for us. Like, I mean, she would make these amazing elaborate birthday cakes for us. Um, and she'd make these amazing pies and then on top of that, my mom's Armenian, and so she make all these these Armenian pastries, especially around the holidays. And so, my mom's baking ability is just amazing. And so, it's kind of interesting that, like, your dad being this crazy phenomenal cook, right? 
gr- like made you gravitate towards the kitchen, uh-huh. but like your mom being a crazy baker or Sarah being a crazy baker is like, yeah. oh, you guys got it. Yeah, you guys, <laughs> like, <laughs> do you think that it's just maybe you don't like baking? Or? No, I mean, I so recently, I would say like specifically kind of around COVID, I okay. picked up baking a bit more. Um, but I don't know. I mean, like I've, I've always kind of wanted to like emulate my dad. So I think mm-hmm. a lot of it probably has to do with the fact that like my dad's good at cooking. I want to be good, good at cooking. Good. Um, and like baking used to really intimidate me. And like, to be honest, like when I bake, um, <laughs> like this sounds silly. I get like a lot of anxiety cause like baking is like precision. Dude. Um, yeah. like you have to focus and not that I'm not good at focusing, but like you have to measure and like how I cook how my dad cooks is like, you just kind of let the, the ingredients talk to you, you know, yeah. if it needs a little bit more of this, you put a little bit more of that. Yeah. And, you know, if it needs some of this, you add that, you know, like, even cooking oh. times. Yeah. It's just like the food speaks to you. Yeah, you, just <laughs> let it, you just let it talk, dude. Like, yeah. and that's it. Like, and yeah. like, you know, you add a little bit too much of this, like, okay, it might be a little overpowered, but like, you can still eat it. Like if you add too much baking soda to your cake, like it's not cake anymore. Like, <laughs> so I think like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of, like I take a lot of time when I bake. Mm. So like my mom, I feel like can bust out a cake and like, like even probably shorter than the time required by the recipe for me, I'm probably like doubling the time of the recipe Mm. because I'm like so focused on making sure it's perfect. Or even the technique too. You you can have two people follow a certain recipe and have two very different different outcomes. Yeah. hundred percent. Well, and like also the same is true for cooking, but um, like with baking too, like a lot of it is just like knowing when things are at the right spot. Like, this is medium peaks versus stiff peaks. Mm, like, mm-hmm. This is what my sponge for my cake is supposed to look like or whatever. Like this is how risen the dough is supposed to be. <laughs> and so like, I guess probably a lot of that is that I didn't do grow off like a, a baking a ton. And so like, I don't know a lot of that. I feel like I'm getting it now. Um, but again, like my mom did a lot of baking. So like my mom definitely inspired me in the base baking aspect of things. Um, What's your uh, what's your take on mixers? May I use a mixer? Dude, it's so funny. You, you talked about medium peaks and stiff peaks. I, <laughs> I have you ever tried to beat stiff peaks by yourself, dude? Dude, okay, that, that's where my story is going. <laughs> so funny. Because um, we never grew up with a mixer. Okay, okay. Like, I never had a mixer. I was like, dude, you don't really use a mixer that much. And like <laughs> the times where you need one, like, you know, just, stir, just, do, just do yourself, you know? Do yourself. And then I remember Casey's like, I want Japanese souffle pancakes. Oh, and I was no, like, you're never okay. Doing it by yourself. <laughs> and then I, like we got into this big argument. It's when, when I was, uh, when we were living with my in-laws. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, <laughs> Ricky's going to laugh because I've talked about her in like every episode. <laughs> Shout <laughs> but, out to Ricky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had this argument of like, like mixers are essential in the kitchen. Uh-huh. And I was like, they're not. They like, are, you, you don't need a mixer. <laughs> and so I, 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 I saw this recipe that required stiff peaks. I was like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try it. Like, I'm going to show you guys you don't need a mixer. And I think it was like five minutes went by of just just beating this this egg white with a fork and it was still liquid and oh i was like my gosh. 10 minutes goes by and i was super prideful in that moment like i was just like dude I'm, nothing, I'm gonna show you nothing like that husband pride <laughs> i'm gonna you show you like mixers are dumb as hell bad, bro yeah. 15 minutes goes by i'm still beating these eggs <laughs> and i was like oh god i need to make i, I literally blew up on ricky <laughs> 
we start fighting about something like completely different. And at the end of the day, I, uh, I realized how important mixers yeah, are. Not, not only for, not only for stiff peaks, but just like in general to make your life easier. Yeah, like, like I, I think that's the thing. It's like, you know, I, uh, often I like to think of myself as a purist and I'm like, Oh, like I don't need to use the mixer. I don't need, it's like, you know what? We invented this for a reason. Like, right. like my, my great grandmother, she had a mixer and she'd be all over that. Like right. there's no need to be like beating these to yeah. peaks by myself. Now, now I'm like, dude, they're amazing. Yeah, dude, they're the best. Um, I could use them for anything, like anything. pancake, pancake mix. <laughs> dude, just, I'm, we, my family, like we were Canadian, <laughs> pancakes, maple syrup, like that's our jazz. Like, I, I think my my family's mixer at least got used once a week, wow. if not more. It, wow. Probably more, but at least once a week to make pancakes. That's awesome. Yeah, um, I the the mixer story reminds me of like Stiff Peaks uh, and like incorporating air into like what you're making. Like right at the start of COVID, there was that like coffee that everyone. Oh was yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they call it like a Greek latte or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and. I, I was just going to do it with a fork, dude. Same thing. Like, 15 minutes later, this coffee looks nothing like the things in the yeah, dude. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. That, that's actually how we started using the mixer more. Oh, Casey, to make the coffee. Yeah, Casey was making the coffee. And then, I don't know, we got into all the Stiff Peaks stuff. Anything that had Stiff Peaks in it, we were just making. Have you ever made a meringue? I haven't, no. I've never made a meringue. That's just one. <laughs> <laughs> that's, like, that's like classic Stiff Peaks baking, though. Got it, yeah. got it. So what was your mom's specialty dish then? Uh, probably pie. Pie, okay. Pie, so what like kind she, of pie? She makes this amazing apple pie. Got it. And my mom has this story she loves to tell um, where, like, I think, like, my elementary school had, like, a Thanksgiving party. And they're like, oh, like, what do you want to bring or whatever? And I was like, um, we're bringing pumpkin pie. My mom's pumpkin, pumpkin pie is the best. And it's good. Like, it was amazing. Like... But, like, I don't, my mom stuck to that. Just I think she was happy that, like, she felt like... But her pie, any of her pies are delicious. But when I think of my mom's pies, I think of her pumpkin pie or I think of her apple pie. And those okay. things smack. Is it, um, the apple pie um, where, like, there's, like, some openings in there? Or is it, like, you know, like a full her, crust on I top? I haven't had her apple pie in a while. I think she usually... Or which one do you like? I like, I like it when it's more open. I think it cooks mm-hmm. better that way, too. Uh, I like the I crust. She, I think she... <laughs> I'm not a big... Actually, no. She, I think she does put a crust on it. Yeah. Yeah. And... Um, but she... She does put a crust on it. And it's really good. And Do she, you guys eat it the um, quote-unquote traditional way with cheese on it? With cheese on it? Have you ever heard of that before? You know, I mean, I, I don't know if I've ever heard it before. It sounds good. But no, we don't. We just eat it with like some whipped cream or ice cream. I, I had a Friendsgiving. It makes um, sense though. I had a Friendsgiving one year, and um, you know, obviously we had. Well, not obviously, but we had pie. So <laughs> we, had, we had apple Duh. pie. <laughs> <laughs> and one of my friends was like, uh, "Dude, I'm so excited for apple pie. Like, do you have cheese?" And I was like, <laughs> I, "I think everyone looked at him like, what? Like, I got them craft singles, <laughs> literally, bro. No, it was, it was like some." cheese product or something like that like so what we had in the fridge at the time i was like dude i think i have this if you want to eat it and i i I was like it was like the strangest thing to me and i had no idea that like it was like the traditional way to eat apple pie it was with i didn't know slice of cheese it 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 makes that like uh this might just be my weird family but like if we eat muffins in the morning Uh a breakfast muffin um like we usually eat it with cheddar 
Hmm. Like, not with, like, I mean, like, we don't, like, put the piece of cheddar on the muffin, but, like, you'll have, like, a piece of cheddar with your muffin. Hmm. So it makes sense. Just kind of balance it out. It balance, yeah, it's got that little savory to the sweet. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. The other thing that my mom bakes really good or really well is, um, again, my mom's Armenian, and so she makes a lot of Armenian, um, like, baked goods, especially around the holidays. So she makes... Yeah, like, what are those? Uh, most of them, like, correspond with like holidays so like chirig and barak and kak and so like kak is like a sweet pastry filled with dates mm. and um chirig is like i'm gonna butcher the pronunciation but like a lot of people know like if you're if you're jewish like it's shala or hala that woven bread mm-hmm. a lot of cultures have it so trig is essentially the same thing and it's like a sweet bread that you eat like around christmas and easter time and then borek is like more of a savory pastry and it's stuffed with like cheese and cumin and mm. those are all really good yeah. so my mom always makes those around I don't think I've ever had anything like yeah, any of those they're so good I think probably my favorite I'm not <laughs> I'm not a big fan of cac um, but I like dates I it just it's just kind of like whatever for me but the yeah. chirig and the borek that's where that's where it's at that's where it's, that's at. Where it's at I gotta try it out man is there any place like in Phoenix that Dude, I don't know, because, like, I mean, you probably know this as, like, um, someone not from, like, I don't know, <laughs> from, white, like, from having Filipino parents, like, your mom's is the best, you know, or right, your grandma's right, is right. the best, so, like, I don't trust people around here. <laughs> <laughs> My mom does it, so that's, that's what I'm <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't need it. I don't, I don't need it here. I'll yeah. just get it when... I'll just get it when I go there, home. There, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. <laughs> so. That's awesome, man. Do you have another option? Um... My third option, I don't necessarily, like, know if it's, like, directly influenced by, like, one person, but kind of speaking, yeah, my mom's Armenian, my mom's Armenian, and then um, my my dad's side is, half of my dad's side is Polish-Ukrainian descent, so there's, like, a lot of Polish food, Ukrainian food, um, we eat a lot of Armenian food and Middle Eastern food, and so I think, like, probably just the influence of the fact that, like, I come from multiple cultural backgrounds, just influence my cooking. Like I love cooking Polish food. I love eating and cooking Middle Eastern food. And so, um, and just in general, like I love cooking foods from other cultures. And so I think like a lot of our meals growing up were influenced by like our cultural heritage. And so um, I just, yeah, I just love like if my grandma cooks something that's like Polish or Ukrainian or my mom cooks something that's Armenian or, you know, even though we're not technically Italian, if my dad cooks an Italian meal, just like the meaning of that to our family and the aspect of like our cultural heritage on it, like it's something that I feel like has influenced my cooking. That's awesome. Yeah. Even with your dad being so influenced by Italian cooking, I think that's really cool to see like just kind of the blend with either technique or flavors and then bringing that into, or I mean, I'm assuming that they would bring that into like, you know, those older cultures or do they keep them separate? Uh, well, I think like, um, yeah, I mean, I think if you're making like a traditional like Armenian meal or like Middle Eastern meal, like there's certain flavors and blends that like you kind of have to use or you're supposed to use. Mm-hmm. But I think for me, at least when I cook, like, um, I really like to cook like, kind of like like if I'm inspired quote unquote 
<laughs> like I'll make something that's like got like a Middle Eastern influence, mm-hmm. um, but maybe it's more like a modern traditional take, traditional take on food. So I'll do like a Middle Eastern marinated like steak, you know, mm-hmm. and then I'll have some sides that are more maybe like Middle Eastern influence, like a Middle Eastern rice or, mm-hmm. you know, maybe I'll have a tzatziki sauce for like the steak or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but for my parents, like if they're cooking something like more often than not, they're going to cook like what it is, got you know? It, got it. That's awesome, man. Um, so what's the best thing you've ate? Give us your three <laughs> options. Yeah. Um, I think, so the three options I have, one that stands out is we ate at this, like you have to make reservations for it and it's like a fixed menu. So like you don't, it, there's like a couple options, but basically like it's like five courses or whatever and they just kind of bring it out to you. And we, my family ate like not at the top, but like at the top of the Eiffel Tower. Oh. And that was sick. Yeah. That was some of the best food I've ever had. Really? That was so good. What were like the dishes? Um, sorry for anyone who's like squeamish about like eating younger things by this like duckling, like or like <laughs> a young duck, I guess. That was so good. It was so crispy and delicious and succulent. Oh, crispy duck. Man. Yeah, it was so good. Um, I, that was like what I remember most from that meal. Crispy duck. It was, it okay. was a while ago. Yeah. Like I, I think it was like 12 or 13. Wow. Maybe 14. And so, um, but that was so good. Yeah. And like just the experience too, because like this sounds pretentious. I've eaten a lot of good food. Yeah. I think like honestly sometimes what makes a meal too is just like the environment you're in. Exactly. And the community. The people, yeah. The, the community, yeah. who you're with, who you're eating with and, and kind of the events that surround it. So um, yeah, just like being at the top, like looking at all over all of Paris and then just eating this amazing food. I, <laughs> I remember like, you know, this is a really fancy restaurant. So at the end of dinner, you know, they serve coffee and we had some really nice desserts. And my sister was like, Oh dad, I want a hot chocolate. And, um, she's like, do you think they can make me a hot chocolate? <laughs> and my dad's like, yeah, they can probably make you a hot chocolate. And so <laughs> the waiter comes by and he's like, oh, my daughter's wondering if you guys can make a hot chocolate for her. And he's like, I think my chef will be able to handle that. And <laughs> dude, this hot chocolate was like the best taste in the world. It was like, like straight most, from the Polar yeah, Express. Yeah, dude, 100%, dude. Creamy and smooth and even. It was, I was decadent, dude. Like the guy dude. probably like melted the chocolate. <laughs> slowly whipped in the cuisine. It was actually Swiss Miss. Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Pour the powder in. <laughs> Tiny marshmallows yeah. floating. In. <laughs> 100%. Uh, that's um, awesome. Did you have escargot that meal or no? I don't. I do you like escargot? I do, yeah. I it's mean, delicious, so bro. It is, dude. I For anyone who, who like freaks out like by escargot, um, I think you're missing out. Like, yeah. At the end of the day, it's just a vessel to eat garlic and butter. Like, literally. You, can't, you can't taste the... Literally, yeah. It's just garlic and butter and some yeah. parsley. Like, yeah, when, when you get over that, it's a snail. Yeah, like, you can get... And that's hard to get past. It is, it is, If yeah. you can get past that, like, it's 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 delicious. It is, Because it, it's gosh. just garlic and butter. That's all you can taste. Yeah. <laughs> At least that's all I can taste, so. Yeah. See, and that... Dude, okay. That's one of my things, too. I don't really enjoy... Like, I'd rather have steak over lobster or like crab okay for that reason Uh of like it's just a vessel to eat butter or whatever (laughs) seasoning that you you taste you know yeah yeah and um see i was born in halifax nova scotia and so anyone out there who's from maine like Mm. halifax Halifax, nova scotia has better lobster than maine 
And if it's if it's the same, it's because the main fishermen get their lobster from Halifax, Nova Scotia. Oh. <laughs> I'm calling you out. And, uh, so I love lobster. It's it's the best thing in the world. And like you can definitely taste the difference between a good lobster and a bad lobster. That being said, lobster is best when you can just shovel in the butter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've only had. I think I've only had lobster. Well, not only had, but like. I've only had like lobster from Maine. You know? uh-huh. Yeah, that's, that's like I that's, mean, that's the peak most, yeah. of the peak that you know. That's where most my lobster experience yeah. goes. Yeah, that is, that's that's pretty typical. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I I remember we. Sorry, I'm gonna go off on a tangent. Oh, you're good, <laughs> man. You're good. We when I was in nursing school, I took my wife back to where I was born in Halifax, Nova Scotia, and we we're at my grandparents, and <clears throat> I wanted to do like a traditional lobster boil. Because that's like what you do in the Maritimes. That's what you do in Halifax, Nova Scotia. So we got a bunch of lobster. We got the big old lobster pot. We boiled these lobsters. And my wife, you know, she never really had lobster. And so like the whole experience of the lobster boil was very different for her. And then we sit down at the table. And it's like me, my wife, my parents, my grandparents. I think my sisters were there too. And... We just start going in on the lobster because it's like it's like a genetic if you're like a Canadian that's born <laughs> in like Halifax, like in Nova Scotia. And so like my wife like retells the story. She just sees my grandma like just like rip off the tail from crack open the claws, pulling out this meat. My wife's like tugging on my shirt. She's like, you got to do it for me. And I was like, it's, it's fine. You just grab this, you crack it, you <laughs> pop it open. She's like, I can't do it. <laughs> I'm like, it's okay. Calm down. She's like, just do it for me. So I had to like break down her lobster and get all the meat out for her and she's yeah. freaking out and then I had to break down my lobster and it was just yeah she I think just, that's one of the things for me too <laughs> is that I'm too lazy I think it's, to it's do that process. I'm like yeah. dude it's a I don't want to do all this work to get all this <laughs> get crab all this meat. lobster meat out you know it's like it's a gosh. process yeah but then when you don't do it and it's just there for you it's just doesn't taste as good yeah I know there's, there's some satisfaction in doing it yourself yeah um. Yeah. So all that to be said. First best meal, best thing I ever ate. Top of the Eiffel Tower. Um, the crispy duck. The crispy. Crispy duck, duck lean. The crispy. Well, young duck. <laughs> young duck. <laughs> young duck. Young <laughs> duck. New album coming out. <laughs> New album coming out. Young duck. Catch on Spotify. Um, and then I think the the second best or it, another best meal I ever had was uh, we were in. Italy for Easter with my entire family. That's awesome. And yeah, it was really cool. And we went on Easter day, we went to this like, it was a restaurant, but it was like basically this farmhouse. Oh, we're in Italy. Uh, Southern Italy. So it was like off the Amalfi Amalfi coast, um, like south of Naples. Got it. And um, it was this like massive Easter feast. And I just remember like the whole dinner they kept just bringing out plates of food. We didn't even order it. They just kept bringing out food. Jeez. And we, I mean, we ate like kings that day. Yeah. Like it was so good. And like, it was it, obviously, but like it's all home cooked. Like it's yeah. all cooked there. And it's just like, you could just tell that it was like probably someone's Nona in the kitchen, just like cooking it up. From you know? someone's garden or something. From someone's like garden. Yeah. yeah. And it was just, um, I mean, the most amazing food. Like we had seafood, we had pasta, we had meat, we had lamb. Like it was just everything, you know? Wow. Um, like, one of my favorite things is they had these, like, fresh sardines that were, like, filleted. And they just had, like, olive oil and vinegar and lemon on them. Mm. They were so good. They tasted so fresh and bright. And it was just delicious. Wow. So good. And the pasta, like, it was just amazing. And just, again, like, 
I've had really good Italian food. Like I think what, and this, I mean, was like probably the best Italian food I've had, but on top of that, it was just the experience. Like we're in this outside tent yeah. and it's Easter and like, it just felt like a celebration the entire yeah, time. Yeah. Like the chefs just kept on bringing us stuff and we just kept on eating and eating and eating. It was so good. Ate like a true Italian. Ate like a true Italian. Yeah, yeah dude, it was amazing. So you know, it's really funny because <clears throat> me and Casey had no idea what that meant until oh, we yeah, went over there for, for our honeymoon. And not eating. only that, but you know, you follow a certain like, Order of things, yeah, yeah, yeah order yeah, of things, yeah, yeah. and and so you know us, we go to Italy for pizza and pasta, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when we ordered like two pizzas or two pastas, uh-huh. they looked at us like, "You, what are you doing?" Yeah. Again, <laughs> like they were so shocked, like, yeah. like what? Yeah, you like you guys want that. you guys want two pastas or two pizzas? Like, yeah. okay, that's yeah. fine, <laughs> but you're supposed to move on to uh-huh. your seafood or uh-huh. your your yeah, meat, you know. And like I forgot what it is, so you start. I think you start with like your veggie, right, or something like that, like an artichoke. Yeah, so it'd be like your premie first. So it would be, um, yeah, like you know something like a veggie or like a like a salad or something like that. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Or like your, or sorry, not your premie, your antipasta. Right. And then right. you'll usually move from your antipasta to your pasta. Okay. And then your pasta to your premie, which is usually like a, a meat dish or seafood. Okay. Uh-huh. And then. I don't know. And I think it's like your bread after that. I know there's bread in there too. There's like, I don't know, there's like five. I think it's like the the antipasta, like the veggies. And then I think it's, um, yeah, your pasta. And then I I think I want to say the, the, your bread dishes after that, like your pizza. Yeah. And then it might be your seafood and then your, your meat. And then it's dessert. Yeah. Um, and then coffee. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My dad's probably, if he listens to this, he's going to be super upset because I probably <laughs> the order. Like, and he Damn it, no. I, what did I teach you? <laughs> Why did I bring you to Italy? Why did I bring you, dude? What has what, what all this knowledge been for nothing? Uh, but yeah, it, the Italian eating is very course specific and it's all about going through your courses and eating through your meal and um, it always ends with like coffee. Yeah. Yeah, like an espresso, shot of espresso. Yeah. I, I Dude, they live on espresso they, dude, out there. Do. And I yeah, love they it. They do. It's, it's the best. Um, but another tangent. Uh, we were... It was the first time we went to France. Mm-hmm. And we went to this little cafe. It was my dad, my brother, and me. And I... You know, I didn't really drink coffee at this point. Mm-hmm. I maybe had like a, like a mocha or something like that. <laughs> or like a latte. But... <laughs> Like, no coffee or, like, black coffee, especially no black coffee and especially no espresso. And uh, my dad, like, we were all tired because we had just gotten off the flight or whatever. So he ordered three espresso shots. And my dad <laughs> drinks espresso. Like, yeah. <laughs> this man loves his espresso. It's and delicious. so it's so good. Now I love it. But I never had it. And, you know, because my dad's been drinking espresso for so long, like, it, it doesn't matter. He just tosses it back. Mm-hmm. This thing's, like, piping hot. Like piping hot. So I see my dad and he's like, you just got to toss it back. And I was like, okay, toss it back. And I spit it out <laughs> all over the table. <laughs> Burning the crud out of my, like my mouth is burning. Like instantly, like that terrible, like cottony feeling you get when you burn. Yeah, dude, your skin's just and, rolling. Yeah, just rolling. <laughs> bubbling in my mouth. Yeah. And I, it's like all over the table. 
it's like poor French waiter comes back and he goes, oh, monsieur, pardon, excuse me. And he thinks that he spilled the espresso on me. So he brings me out another espresso. And I was like, nah, I can't, I can't. So my dad like took the second espresso for me, but it was, it was just so terrible. Cause I, I'd like spit out this espresso all day. And I was like, I'm not drinking anymore. It's not happening. Was it a temperature thing or taste? It was, it was I think it was a bit of both. I mean, yeah. it, mo- Mostly it was the, I feel like it was mostly temperature. It was the temperature thing. <laughs> it was piping hot. Like, like next to boiling. It was so hot. Uh, yeah. And I just spit it out immediately. Oh my gosh. Uh, and it was, you know, it was a little bitter. Uh, and uh, not, not bitter because it was bad, but just like espresso can be a little bitter. But yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was, that was the, my first espresso experience. And <laughs> <laughs> um, how'd your brother do he he was fine. I think he, I mean my brother. He was two drinking years. coffee too. Or? I think he'd been drinking a bit of coffee, yeah. and I, he didn't. He saw me chug it and spit it out, so he took his time on it. So <laughs> he he was smart. Yeah, <laughs> learn from your mistakes. Yeah, learn from my mistakes. Yeah, that's so. funny. Um, yeah, so that Italian meal would be the second one, and then I think the third would be again like. It, maybe not the best food I've ever eaten, but in terms of like the experience and where it was and everything, mm-hmm. it would be on me, on, on me, on my honeymoon, <laughs> on my honeymoon, we went to Greece and we were on the island of Mykonos and there's this harbor, like right kind of at the, I mean, there's a whole bunch of harbors, but we were in this harbor and there's all these restaurants that kind of look out onto the harbor. And so we went to this one restaurant, like kind of right at sunset. And, um, we we didn't have a lot of money when we went to Greece for our honeymoon and all the in-country expenses were on us and so we kind of picked this meal to be like our big meal there and so we kind of splurged then we got a bottle of wine and we had like an appetizer or something like that and then our main course Sarah got this absolutely delicious like seafood pasta mm-hmm. and then I got this grilled octopus and uh I love octopus. Have you ever had octopus? I have, but I don't think I've had good octopus. I've it's, had it's, octopus at like like Korean barbecue <laughs> restaurants where so like it's not it's not like prepared for like in this like you know like the premium exotic way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just um, like I don't know. I like I, I I know one of my friends too. I forgot who it was, but we we had shabu shabu like hot pot, you know, mm-hmm. and he got octopus. And I just couldn't do it, man. I just watched him float around and look like freaking um, <laughs> like a little that octopus. dude from American Dad. Uh, <laughs> just like look like that to me. Yeah, I was just like, dude, I can't do this, man. It's yeah, wild, bro. Um, I like calamari though. Calamari's good. And squid, uh, yeah, squid. Um, and uh, oh gosh, yeah, never mind. <laughs> That's the same thing. <laughs> I like calamari and squid. I like calamari with the tentacles. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, bad octopus is bad. Um, yeah. But, like, when you, to prepare octopus, you have to, like, beat out the fibers. Because, like, it's all, like, yeah. muscle, those tentacles. And then you have to boil it. And then once you boil it, you usually grill it. So that's how they prepare it. Oh, I've actually had it in sushi, too. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. Like in a nigiri. But um, it was, I don't know, I think it was just too, uh, like, chewy for me. Mm. You know? I feel like I was chewing on that thing for, like, like four yeah. minutes, and that's, you know? That's, yeah, if you don't boil it down, like, those sinews don't break down properly, mm. so... Not to say that the... So what does it taste like? Like it To me, it's like... Or what's it, the experience it, eating it? Yeah, so it's, it's, it's kind of got the same taste of squid. It's kind of got that, like, kind of fishiness to it. But if you have, like, properly cooked, 
octopus, especially if it's grilled, like you kind of get that lovely like grill, yeah. slight charred taste to it. Uh-huh. And then it's it should be like buttery. Mm. Like it should have this kind of like buttery, fatty taste to it. Got it. And it shouldn't have like a chew. It should have like a good like kind of bite, but it should just melt in your mouth after you bite it. It's so good. I love and do you it. just eat the tentacles or yeah? Eat so you wouldn't you wouldn't eat the head or anything because uh, like it's just got the. I mean, maybe I mean, there's probably cultures that eat the head, but I yeah. I I don't necessarily know if I would go for that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just gonna be like the brain. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. like, I'm not a big organ guy, so. Uh, but I just like normally when you eat it, you just eat like the tentacles. It usually comes with the head chopped off and the beak pulled out. And um, it's so good. It's just like buttery and smooth and like everything you want and like a fishy tasting thing. And it's got some like robustness to it. And like mm. it had this like delicious mustard sauce on it. Mm. And like in a good way, it had like so much oregano in it because like the Greeks love their oregano. And so it's just like loaded with oregano. It's delicious. And uh, I think like more so than like just the, the food, it was just kind of like being at this restaurant at sunset with my new bride right. drinking wine like in a linen shirt like you know it just felt so yeah, amazing yeah. you know and so it was just like the whole experience there's a time in your life a yeah. certain time in your life 100%. that's just priceless and so new and like yeah, such it, a yeah. cornerstone experience I think know? that's a good way to put it it was just like all so exciting you know like right. you're just like starting to do life with your wife and it's just yeah, just that excitement and that adventure, like the 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 innate adventure, and then like the applied adventure about like your future and everything. So it was just just truly a fond memory mm-hmm. of, of and just a great meal in that aspect. Yeah, I remember when when we were on our honeymoon. That was Casey's first time like out of the country. I mean, so, besides, so too, yeah. besides like you know um, some areas in Mexico. Sure, yeah. Um, but I, I remember like <laughs> literally like, just being with her. I think it was like our second day there maybe or first mm-hmm. day I think it was our first night actually and we just got both of us just like hit it, it just hit both of us like what the hell are we doing right now <laughs> like I'm pretending you're, like this. <laughs> like, you're my wife we're in Italy know, dude, it's, and it's like what is this life now you it's know you, like your 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 life just changes like so that, quickly yeah you know it's it's insane yeah man. it was fun on our honeymoon uh when it, we we went to a bunch of islands in Greece, and the first island we went to was Idra, and we stayed at one of my dad's um, like best friend's houses on this island, and it was gorgeous. Yeah, it was super cool, and we had the whole house to ourselves, and it was a beautiful home, and um, you know we got to cook all of our own food, and it was really amazing. Um, but the island, like, it's a really small island, so there's really no cars. Like when we mm. got our stuff up to the because it was it's basically this little tiny island that's like essentially on this like little mountain or hill and like to get our stuff up to the house like we had to hire a donkey to <laughs> get it up like there's no car it's like this donkey <laughs> took our stuff up to the house how much did the donkey cost i don't even remember dude like i just paid the i was like i can't lift this all the way up that hill like, and there's no cars like you're gonna bring get the donkey to bring it up. this is just like a row of donkeys yeah, ready dude, to there's go? Like, yeah yeah you get off the ferry and there's like <coughs> like 18 donkeys just chilling there just That's waiting hard. for you yeah that's sick and uh his name was anastasio he had this like massive handlebar uh, mustache and um he had two donkeys and we weren't sure if like one was for, if like they were for us or for them and so he's like put it like he said get on and because his english wasn't great uh-huh. and so like i go up to it and sarah's like i don't think he wants us to go on. i was like no he just said get on and i like 
go to like push me. He's like, no, 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 the suitcase, the suitcase. And I was like, oh shoot. Like, uh, but like this was the island and like, you know, um, most of the water, like we got bottled water cause it's probably fine. But you know, especially with our like Americanized tub, like, it <laughs> yeah. probably wouldn't do well. Right, and right. so like when we first went, like I told my wife, like, cause she had never traveled outside the country before. And I was like, you know, sometimes when you go to a different country, like you can have some culture shock, like, you know, it can feel pretty intimidating, but you know, it's very normal. It's totally fine. And she's like, yeah, it's fine. Like I, I was born to be a traveler. I was like, yeah, it's fine. Like you just might, you just might get some culture shock. Like, yeah. especially with going to Idra where like there's no cars and like, you know, there's cats everywhere and there's donkeys bringing our luggage up. What so, a first place to go. Yeah. And so, um, we had a great time, but <laughs> we, uh, it's like our third day and we're like taking this long walk along the coastline on this like kind of mountain path and my wife just like seems off and I keep probing her I'm like what's going on and she's like I'm enjoying myself I'm like yeah you're not enjoying yourself <laughs> I was like what's going on and, like, I'm sit- fine <laughs> yeah <laughs> definitely and I'm fine so we sit down on this park, park bench and I put my arm around her I was like babe what's going come on what's going on you gotta tell me she goes I don't know if I like traveling and just started falling. And I was like, baby, it's okay. Like, this is just culture shock. She's like, it's just like, no one speaks our language and no one knows. And I was like, oh, honey, it's totally fine. I was like, it's really normal. I was like, don't freak out. She's like, we can't even drink the water. And I was like, no, it's fine. Like, it's okay. And then after that, we went to Santorini and Mykonos. It was totally fine. We had a great time. Like, even in Idra, she looks back to it fondly, but it was just kind of finally this like moment of culture shock for her where uh, she like yeah. broke down a little bit and it was it was fun we had a really good time though i feel like after that you start to like feel comfortable in that country and you yeah, get into your yeah. rhythm no and I, I mean like you know the first time you travel anywhere that's like essentially not america <laughs> you're gonna have some level of culture shock yeah. and like you'll feel that at some level of yeah. like oh this is not like home like this is completely different you know right. and you don't realize how much like your routine and like what you know is important to like how you live your life. Yeah. Yeah. So out of those three, who takes the cake, man? Can I cheat? I think I'm going to cheat. Yeah. I think I'm going to pick two. Okay. Cause I think like in terms of like, we'll do that. Who's the, who's the <laughs> guy that's left out? <laughs> you don't belong. <laughs> you don't belong. I don't even know why you're in my job. <laughs> I don't even know why you're, you're, you're like not even that good. <laughs> no dude. I think uh, for me, like, at the end of the day, like just having my new bride with me, like right. on our honeymoon, like that meal is like so important, like in my in my head, in my heart. Like I remember exactly how the food tasted. Yeah, I remember exactly like the temperature, what I was wearing, what my wife was wearing. Like I remember every detail about that. So like, yeah. in my mind, like that probably is like the best meal I've ever had, just because of all the surrounding circumstance. Yeah, um, but probably, Dude, I feel that like yeah. you you, it's a moment that's so like cornerstone and so um what's the word i'm looking for like um it's like memorable foundational yeah there's, there's a word i'm looking for that uh it's from inside out, <laughs> it's inside out. <laughs> core, core memory, memory yeah. there we go core, core memory, memory. <laughs> and um oh, it was like I, I had the same experience like I, I i feel that like i can i was eating it was, it was on our honeymoon we we're eating gelato and like you know i could feel I could remember what the air felt yeah, like, you know, I was like yeah. a little sweaty because Rome was humid so as humid, heck at yeah. that time. 
the gelato is just melting like mm-hmm. as fast as I can eat it. Yeah. You know, and I was just looking at my wife and she's doing the same thing. You know, everyone around us is like Italian. You know, it's just <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You, you, you can like palpate yeah. that moment. No, it's, it's and a it's, tangible moment. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think in terms of like truly the best food I've ever eaten, probably at the Eiffel Tower. Like that yeah. was, I mean. That duck sounds crazy. It was, it went crazy, dude. Yeah. It was so good. And like, I, like. I guess presidents like have eaten at that restaurant. Like every president except like Trump, I guess. <laughs> Go figure. Uh, has eaten at that restaurant. Like it's 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 a very nice restaurant. Very absolutely delicious food. And so like, in terms of like true fine dining, like just attention to detail and the flavor of foods. Like everything was done perfect. Wow. That was probably like the best food I've ever eaten. Mm-hmm. Like period. Just like food. That's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. That sounds delicious. Have you gone back or no? Have you? How many times have you been to France? Um, I think I've been three times. Three I times. Think, and have you gone back to the restaurant or no? No, I, I think it's kind of like a once in a lifetime experience. Like you don't. You don't want to go back. Um, I mean, I think if the opportunity arose, um, thankful to my father. My my father is very successful, so we were yeah. able to do a lot of these cool things when I was younger. I don't necessarily know if I would be able to afford that. Now. Really? Like you saved up for it? Like, I think if I saved up for it, but I think um, you guys can budget. We can probably for budget that. for it. I think I think if it if it all worked out, I would do it. But I think there is something too in the fact that like I want that memory to be that memory. Yeah. I think if I went back to it, might even if the food was just as good, I might remember it better than it was. Mm-hmm. I'd be a little mm-hmm. bit disappointed like, yeah. the second time I went back. So, right. Right. Uh, I think if like the opportunity presented itself and like we really wanted to do it, Sarah really wanted to do it, like I'd go for it, but. Um, I don't necessarily know if I'd like go out of my way to go. Got it. Um, not to say the food wasn't amazing. It was amazing, but just no, like, I, I totally, for the sentimentality of it. Right. Right. I totally get that. Um, well, that's awesome, man. Well, let's move into the next topic. Um, so who are the mental chefs in your life? Who are the intellectual chefs in your life? The intellectual chefs growing up yeah. or currently? Um, I mean, I think like in the same way in terms of like cooking, um, I think my dad is definitely like highly influential kind of mm-hmm. in all aspects of my life. My dad is a very smart driven man. And so I think he's just kind of imparted on me, like a lot of his work, work ethic and just like a lot of knowledge. And I think one thing, I don't know if my dad's ever like innately said it, he might have, but I think one thing he's always kind of encouraged is like, if you're going to do something, um, like do it to the best like the best of your ability. Like mm-hmm. don't never like half-ass something. Like if you're going to do it, like do it well. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and that, or at least that's at least what I was imparted from kind of like the experiences I had with my father. Like if you're going to do something, it doesn't matter what you do in life. Like you just want to do it to the best of your ability. And that's how I feel like you should live your life. Just yeah. like, if you're going to do something, it doesn't matter what it is, do it to the, yeah, do it to the best of your ability. Yeah. That's um, awesome. Do you feel like you, you bring that and um, like, what does that mean for you? Like is in your nursing career or being yeah. a father? Or like- yeah. I mean, I think it, I think it kind of like delves into all aspects of my life. Like I, so like in between nursing school and getting hired as a nurse, I had like two months where I didn't have anything, but we had just moved to Phoenix and we had no money. Like literally we had like $200 in our bank account when we mm-hmm. finally like got a new apartment, moved down to Phoenix and so we needed some money and neither of us had jobs. And so like I went down the street to like the local McDonald's and I worked at McDonald's for two months. And like, I let them know that like, Hey, this isn't going to be a long-term thing. Like I'm going to be a nurse, but like, I just need a job. 
And uh, like, I just gave it my all while I was there. And I, <laughs> the first month I was there, I got employee of the month. <laughs> like, not to disrespect anyone who works at McDonald's, but I feel like it wasn't too terribly hard. But like, I, I did give it my all. Like, I, when I was yeah. there, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm gonna be the best burger flipper. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop these flies like it's fries like it's hot. <laughs> and um, did, uh, did employee of the month come with anything? Yeah, dude, I got so like uh, normally at McDonald's, you get like uh, you get a free lunch if you work longer than six hours. Okay. So you get like a cheeseburger, a McDouble, hamburger, or I think like you could get a McChicken. You could get a small fry and a small drink. McChicken, bro, dude. That just tells you that we're from California. Yeah, I did. Oh, is it like a hot and spicy? Hot and spicy, yeah. Yeah, okay, hot and spicy for my Arizonans. And and, uh, if you got employee of the month, which I did, you could order any meal. Oh, snap. So So what did you order, bro? Dude, that was when they had like, um, there was like concoctions. So they had like the gourmet burger and you could get the brew out. It was like the barbecue burger. Like the like know, the Swiss house, the Swiss yeah, house, yeah, 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 yeah. Like with the mushrooms and right, sauce on yeah. it. They had this like garlic aioli like <laughs> sauce, and so I would get this like chicken, this grilled chicken with the garlic and the aioli sauce. <laughs> um, I love my quarter pounder. That was like right when they came out with like the new quarter reinvented yeah. quarter pounder, so it was like yeah. hot and fresh or hot and juicy mm-hmm. or whatever. So I get the QPC all the time. Those go hard, and uh, I love those. Yeah, so it was it was um, it was. It was the perk of getting employee of the month was actually pretty cool because I got, like, <laughs> I tried everything on that menu because like I don't know I feel like you have your like mainstays at McDonald's and you don't really like differ but I was like you know I'm like never gonna get free meals right at McDonald's and not that it's super expensive but like if I'm going to McDonald's I know what I'm what gonna order yeah, like it's yeah, just, I'm right. all, so I just tried everything so Wait, was, so what's your what's your uh, your typical McDonald's order though. It just depends. So like I have like two or three, like everyone gets McNuggets. Like you can't go like if, if it's like late night, you don't know what you're gonna eat, you're a little hungry, it's gonna be chicken nuggets. Yeah. Like it's just how No matter how bad they are, they're still They're still good. good. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. What's they're your like, sauce? Uh I like the buffalo. Buffalo, okay. Yeah, they they also had this um, I'm a sweet and sour guy myself. Yeah, you know, I had that there was like kind of my brother's thing when he was growing up. He's a big sweet and sour guy. Um they had for the longest time this like uh, sweet chili sauce. We did, did have, you that. Ever have that. Yeah, that it's was pretty good. The best, dude. That was my favorite. But yeah, I like the I like the buffalo sauce. But do you get buffalo and ranch, or do you just strictly go buffalo? Yeah, I. So my wife likes to get ranch, and so I'll like sometimes dip in the ranch, but okay. mostly just buffalo. Got it. Yeah, and then like if I'm like going to McDonald's for like food, like I'm hungry, I'll get like a quarter pounder. Yeah. Or if it's like so that that's like two options. The third option is it's a like, good burger. It's a good burger. Like <laughs> I, I actually think it's good. Like I yeah. like, I like eating there. Yeah. And um, like if I'm just like if I need like a snack or like a little thing like if I'm going to work and like I'm I know I won't make it like to like lunchtime at my shift. I'll get like a hot and spicy on the way to work. Got it. Hot and spicy is different. And are you doing like um, because of the value? Are you doing two for two? Yeah. Yeah. You got it. <laughs> Two for two or one, one for like one fifty nine. It's yeah, like oh, you're forty going, yeah, cents. It, it, it's so dumb because it's like a trivial amount, but it just, I feel like a rip off of them. If I'm dude, dude. One. Seriously, the, the marketers got me. <laughs> literally. <laughs> literally, bro. Yo. Um, anybody else for mental chefs? I think um, probably like on top of like cooking is, is such like a big aspect in my life. Um, it like truly is like my stress relief. 
it's like something that I'm passionate about. Like I think people think it's odd, like odd when I say cooking is a hobby of mine, but like, it's truly like a hobby of mine. Like I just love trying new things, making new recipes. Yeah. Um, just like working with new ingredients, trying different things, trying different techniques. And so, um, I think on top of my dad who kind of like first gave me that like passion or instilled like the ability to cook, um, like a chef that I've always looked up to is Jamie Oliver. Uh, I don't know if you've ever Oh, a mental of chef. Yeah. Oh, what? Mental chef, like your intellectual yeah, chef. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, Go yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he like, I think just like how he, like how he like approaches cooking and everything. Oh, It's just I see. like a good aspect in life. Like he, I see. I he's see. called like the naked chef. And so he just kind of like takes like kind of like basic recipes, everyday recipes. And like, you know, he just kind of instills this idea like, you know, you can cook anything like you can. And he like loves Italian food. And so like for me, like that's just kind of like how I approach food. And then on top of that, like just kind of like how I approach life, like you can you can do anything, you know, mm -hmm. um, and it doesn't matter who you are or anything. Like if you have passion for it, go for it. Yeah, um, that's awesome. Yeah, I think it, it also gives you like uh, freedom. You know, yeah. to just kind of try different things, and, yeah. and and I think as a people, you know, we're we're very we're multi passionate people, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and, and and I feel like people don't explore that sometimes because I think, um, I think there's been a mindset that's been created that like you have to have your one thing. yeah your one thing that like you get home from work and do <laughs> right right yeah. But no, I think, I think you're right. Like, I, I think it's good to have like multiple passions, yeah. multiple desires. So, yeah. yeah. And then I think lastly, <laughs> I, I can see a theme through like these mental, like Bear Girls. I know it sounds like kind of corny, but dude, I love that guy. That guy's awesome. Like, just like, I, I read his autobiography and just like how he was raised, how he grew up, like, the guy joined British Special Forces and um, he had this crazy... Yeah, I actually don't know much about him. But you don't know? So, he, no. like, he's the guy who did, like, Man vs. Wild. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. he's, like, the guy who, like, you know, everyone, like, the classic meme, like, oh, I'm going to eat this, like, piece of, like, elephant poop or whatever, you know? <laughs> and he just goes for it. And, like, you know, people give him crap because, like, it came out, like, later after the show was done that, like, a lot of it was staged, um, which is fine. Like, I... It's not like here nor there for me, but like the, his story is like incredible. So he was this British special forces guy. And then uh, he had this like kind of crazy accident where his parachute didn't open and he completely broke his back. Oh, wow. Um, he like plummeted like from, you know, like airplane height and like parachute never opened, just slammed into the ground and broke his back in multiple places. And then after that, you know, he recovered, climbed Mount Everest. And so just like... Wow. He has this again, kind of this overarching theme of, of just like if you have, if you have like a passion or put your mind to something, like go and do it, you know, mm -hmm. and like don't make excuses for yourself. Mm -hmm. And so like I think that's just like kind of how I live and like how, like yeah, I, 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 like your question earlier, like I inject that into being like a nurse, a father, like. Are you passionate about nursing? I love nursing, dude. Yeah, yeah, I I, I really do love nursing. Um, I just love, I think especially, like, I love being a peds nurse. Like, I think seeing kids come in, especially in the trauma aspect, like, kids and families and parents on their, like, absolute worst day. Mm -hmm. And then because our floor kind of does, like, the, the, the whole level of care, we're not in ICU, so 
uh, the kids will go to the ICU when they're really banged up and sick, and they'll they'll come to us, and then they'll they'll spend like two, three, four months with us. Mm-hmm. And so just seeing them coming out of the ICU when they're like just coming off sedation or still slightly sedated, uh, when they haven't walked at all, you know, when they can't even go to the bathroom properly, mm-hmm. you know, um, especially too if like they've had like a traumatic or like life changing injury, just like working with them, like accepting, coping, working with that you know, what their life's going to be like that, like now with this injury. Mm. <clears throat> and then just seeing them move forward and then like seeing them like essentially figuratively figuratively, and, and literally like walk out of the hospital. Mm-hmm. It's just incredible. And so, um, yeah, I just like love being a part of that, being a part of the family, being part of the healthcare, but yeah, more specifically just like working with the family, being with them, um, being with them during their good days and their bad days and so I just love it I absolutely love it the good ones at least (laughs) (laughs) and I think that's maybe that's why I have a little I've grown a little jaded in my nursing career too I feel like I feel like I've I've been on two very different spectrums you know with like the ICU CVSU of like these people are in this position most of the time because they put themselves Choices, there, yeah. right? So, like, your, you know, alcohol, opioid withdrawal patients mm-hmm. or just patients who didn't take care of their health, yeah. um, you know, who who were very overweight, um, didn't exercise, smokers, you know, people who are, when they get out, they're going to go right back to the lifestyle. Yeah. And it just feels yeah, like... it's super difficult. Especially, I think especially if I see you too, like, when the patients, like, didn't make it out, um it just felt like we're not actually treating anything. We're yeah. kind of just putting a Band-Aid on their life for, you know, an extra two weeks. You know, I'm hanging this I'm hanging this drip to keep their blood pressure up. And, like, you know, it's, it's just, yeah, for me, I think it just wasn't a, a rewarding path. And no, then now happy. being on hospice, like the yeah. total different side mm-hmm. is that, like, I'm trying to give these people a dignified death. Yeah. And I, I'm... Um, and I want to provide everything that they need until the day that they die and make sure that they're not both extremes. Yeah. (laughs) And make sure that they're not, you know, being intubated and dying on the vent and like against their wishes and stuff like that. Um, but then, you know, you have the people who are on hospice who want to be healthy. Yeah. And it's just like, damn, like, like, (laughs) you're like a hundred years old and you're, you're like, you know, 98 with a bunch of health problems. Like I think health is a little out of the picture here. And like, you know, you have the family who's not ready to let go. And so I think it's just been so much of like getting into a career where it's like, you want to help people and these people actually don't want help. And maybe that, or I just took a temperament test and I'm very low in agreeableness. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm like, maybe I'm not that compassionate. <laughs> maybe I don't actually. I think you're hard on yourself. I think you're compassionate. I think, I think in, in either of those circumstances, it's, it's really difficult. And like, I, I mean, I think I've had a benefit that two things. One, most, most of my patients are going to walk out the door at the end of the day. And then two, kids are extremely resilient. Dude, I think I think that's maybe why I wanted to get into peds too, is because, you know, it's just peds, one of those things best, where like, you, I mean, maybe I don't know, maybe not, but but I think like it's one of those <laughs> things of like, you know, it's hard to be mad at that patient population, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. because they're kids. Oh, I've gotten mad at that patient. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it is, and like, um, 
I think for the most part too, like, you know, when I'm dealing with like the unruly two year old, like it's like, that's their developmental level. Like, yeah, right. I can't be mad at them. They're throwing, I mean, I can be mad at them, but I, it's not going to change. They're throwing a tantrum. Like they're throwing a tantrum because they're two and right. I'm like doing something that doesn't feel good. Like starting an IV or putting a tube down their nose. Like they're not going to like that. And they're going to yeah. throw a tantrum. Uh, it is a little frustrating. Like when you have like <laughs> the 16 year old boy who is acting like a baby, it's like, okay, you, you know better. Like <laughs> obviously <laughs> I have to do these things that don't feel good, but it's going to make you better. Like suck it up, grow a pair, you know? <laughs> And uh, that's that's when it gets a little annoying when you're dealing with like the teenager. But even still, like that's that's like a teenager's developmental level. Like they're seeing the pushback they can give and like where their independence lies and everything. And so mm-hmm. uh, I think yeah, I, that's the cool thing about peds. Uh, you're always working with like that that child's development at some level and like you know all the tips and tricks that you need to work with when you know I. I treat the toddler different than I treat the 15 year old. Sometimes I do treat the 15 year old like the toddler. Mm. Um, but you know, you, yeah, different age groups require different skills and different tactics and, and just the um, way they were brought up. Yeah. Just, and that's the other thing too, like how you're raised and everything is, yeah. it affects how you respond to certain things. And so, yeah. um, yeah, peds is, I mean, I love peds. I love nursing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, all right. This next segment is one of my favorite segments. So this one is called You Changed. Mm. <laughs> so this is where we talk about either a food that you used to hate and um, you now love um, or advice that you once went by and now you don't believe. So when, when someone says, you changed, Noah, you changed, bro. <laughs> what are they talking about, man? Um, man, that's a good question. Um, See, like, the hard thing for me is, like, I was raised up, raised, like, I, like, I couldn't, I didn't really have an option not to like food. Like, <laughs> I, I didn't, I, like, I kind of like everything. <laughs> uh, so, like, I don't have many foods that I don't really like. I mean, there's, like, some of the classics, like, when I was younger, I didn't really, like, like onions. Okay. Now I love onions. Yeah. But, um... I feel like that's just, like, more like a kid palate versus, like, an adult palate. Okay. Um... <laughs> I guess. So, all the adults out there who don't like us. Yeah, you're acting like a damn yeah. I'm calling you out, yeah. And if you, ketchup, if you eat ketchup and don't like tomatoes, like, <laughs> go figure your life out, okay? Oh, my yeah. gosh. Uh, <laughs> putting everyone on blast. Yeah, on the man. He's sending shots to all you yeah, guys. You know who you are. Watch out for them strays. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think... Ah, jeez. I mean, I think, like, one, it's not really, like, advice, but, like, I kind of had this, like, going into college, this, like, effort or, like, YOLO mentality. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I mean, you're, like, an 18-year-old, you're a guy, so you just feel like you're on top of the world, like, you're God, like, you can do nothing wrong, you're God's gift to the world, like, I'm, like, I'm independent, I'm a man. <laughs> and I think just, like, going into college, I had, like, this real, like, complex of, like, I didn't need anyone, I didn't need anything, like... Um, I was kind of struggling with, like, my faith at at the time. Like, Mm -hmm. I was Protestant, and, um, you know, I wasn't Catholic, and um, I I didn't really feel like I needed anyone. And then just, like, going into college, um, through, like, meeting my wife and then just seeing how, like, important family was, um, like, after not being with them, like, being on my own, like, you realize, like you can't just do it by yourself like mm-hmm. you know or like this screw it or like effort mentality of like I, I've got me like you know I, I, it's I me against the world it's me against the world like uh-huh. so uh, I guess that would probably be how I've changed is that like I realize like you do need people in your life and like 
um, like to get spiritual, like you do need God in your life. Like you do, Mm -hmm. um, you can't do everything on your own. And, um, like, you know, even after, you know, getting married and everything, um, like, you know, my wife and I had three miscarriages and like to do that by yourself is impossible, Mm -hmm. you know? And so to, I think that's, yeah, I guess that would be my answer is just like, you can't, you know, whether it's spiritual, whether it's, you know, based on your religion, like, oh, I, you know, needing God in your life, uh, which I think you do, but even taking that away, like you need the people in your life. You're like, you need your family, you need your friends, like you need your support group. And so, yeah, I think that's probably one big way of changed. Yeah. 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 I think, you know, it's, it's like, it's, I think it's instilled within us that we are a communal people, uh-huh. yeah. you know, um, you know, even with spiritual spirituality, like, you know, you and God, that's not how, you know, he made us to be yeah. just, just us two, you know, and, um, there's a reason for the community that he's given 100%. you and, and it's, and I think you see the difference when you yeah. have community and when you don't have community. 100%, yeah. Um, so that's awesome, man, yeah. that you, you came to that realization and, um, because yeah, I think, you know, that's where your heart is happy yeah. is, is your community and even your community with just your own family, mm-hmm. you know, and, and building that. So that's awesome, man. Yeah. All right. Um, so new segment on the show. New segment. My wife wanted me to incorporate this <laughs> and I had a buddy too. Um, people want to know what, what's the worst thing you've ate? Yeah. The worst thing I've ever eaten. Um, again, like I, so like I said, like I, I was raised, like you kind of have to eat everything, like, especially if you're served food, like you don't have an option. So I like most food. Um, but I guess I, I'm going to cheat again. I have like two answers. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So the first one, the food was good. Like from like flavor wise, it was good, but there's this restaurant in LA in Koreatown. Okay. And I could be terribly butchering the name, but it's, uh, it's called Young Dong and they serve like soup. They serve this like really good soup. Okay. It's got like rice noodles and they got this menu and basically it's like the soup with these noodles and then you get like a meat in it. And I always get like the beef brisket with it. And this one time I decided, um, just to go like, uh, like away from what I normally ordered and I ordered this special (laughs) and the lady like it's like Korean album like it's very authentic and like everyone speaks Korean there and so like my white family sticks out like a sore thumb (laughs) and I was like oh I'll get the special and she's like you the special (laughs) she's like yeah you just ordered the special bro and I was like yeah yeah she's like you sure and I was like yeah I want the special Uh, I ate it all but it was like I said, I'm not a big, like, organ guy. It was, like, intestine <laughs> yeah. and, like, tripe, tripe and, uh, like, just organs. Oh like, just gosh. a mix of organs. And so I ate it all, but I really had to gulp it down towards the end. <laughs> because it was, it, it was it, it, the soup, the broth was delicious. But, like, the meat, I just couldn't get behind it. Like, I'm, like, pulling on this, like, piece of intestine. <laughs> like, but he went from, like, <laughs> he went from, like, the carne asada taco... <laughs> something like the chicken teriyaki yeah, it was the basic <laughs> yeah, I, just, I, I just always will remember the look on that lady's face she's like you the, the special I was like yeah and she's at like, this moment you know <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah and That's then um, it was this was delicious food but 
I had to, in terms of like not wanting to eat it and then eating it. So we were in Africa. My dad does medical clinics in Africa. So I, I think I was like in high school at this point. And we were in Sierra Leone, and one of their main dishes that they'll make is this, like peanut butter chicken. Mm-hmm. And it's absolutely, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's like chicken marinated in peanut butter with like spices and spicy and it's delicious. And it's, I mean, it's just delicious. And so we had this chicken and normally when you serve the peanut butter chicken, um, you like put this peanut sauce, like it comes, the peanut sauce comes on the side as well and you can like put extra peanut sauce. And so like my brother and I were there and we had like a couple of our high school buddies with us. We thought this chicken dish was this peanut. And I was like, "Oh, it's that peanut butter chicken! Like, you guys gotta get some and like make sure you load up on the sauce." And so we're like packing the sauce on there, like spooning it on, and we start eating. It. And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm not tasting a lot of peanut butter on this, dude." It was this like super spicy hot sauce. It was like the spiciest thing I've ever eaten, and we oh loaded gosh. up our chicken with it. And we're like crying, snots coming out of our nose, like my ears were ringing. I'm like sweating and like burping and hiccuping. And it was. They're like, you got the special. Yeah. And like, same deal. Like, I, especially like in Africa, like if someone serves you food, like it's really disrespectful not to yeah, eat yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I just remember us like all crying, like snot pouring out of our noses. We're like oh trying to finish gosh. off this like super spicy chicken sauce. Well, what makes her, uh, what kind of spices do they use? Like, like spicy, I don't know, like chilies, like they use a lot oh, of chili. Okay. They use like, uh, one of their staples is like palm oil, oh, okay. which has a pretty distinctive flavor. Um, cassava is like one of their main staples. So, but like palm oil, they use a lot of Maggie and allspice. Um, but yeah. Got it. Yeah. So out of those two, I'd probably, I'd probably go with the, um, the Korean one. Cause Korean I, one. I didn't, I did not like that organs. I didn't. Yeah, it, dude. It just weren't. That's the same reason I can't eat like. Menudo and stuff. Yeah, like I, I'm I just can, not there yet. I'm like okay with tripe, but if so, it was just tripe, I think I would have been okay. But the the intestines that I was like literally like laughing, taffy pulling because <laughs> <laughs> I was that, was that was like where I was like, no, nah, I'm I'm gonna puke. <laughs> oh my gosh, bro, yeah. that's crazy. Um, all right, man. Next topic. Uh, this is the it's called two cents. So, okay. um, give us your two cents on how nurses are treated in the hospital. Yeah, I think. <laughs> Um, I'll, I'll speak politically about this, <laughs> but, um, I think especially like these past couple of years, it's, it's been quite difficult to be a nurse in the yeah. hospital. I think it's been difficult for like all healthcare workers, uh, in the hospital. And so like based like flat first statement, I think it's just been hard to be in healthcare. So like if you're a healthcare worker, thank you. You've done an amazing job. Keep up the good work you know, kind of all that stuff. I think also I have like the great benefit that I work in peds and peds is like a very different beast. Like not to say that people and adults don't enjoy their job, don't enjoy nursing, but I think to be in pediatrics at some level, you do need to be passionate about your job. Like you mm-hmm. do need to like, <laughs> everyone said like, do it for the kids. Like you, you, you kind of are like, you know, yeah, you, yeah. you do have to do it for the kids. Like you can't have a bad day in pediatrics. Like I can't show up and be grumpy. Yeah. Cause like I have a five-year-old that is expecting me to sing, you know, Moana with her when I walk in a room, you know? And so like, you know, I guess you can, but like it, it really shows. And like, I don't think you can last in peds if you don't have like a good attitude and are able to put like your feelings aside. So I think I have the added benefit of that, but I think, you know, um, in, in defense of the nurses, I think often as a nurse, like it kind of feels like 
you have to do a little bit of everybody's job. You know, mm-hmm. like you have to be, and again, when you have a t- healthcare team that's working all together, there's nothing better in the world because like you can do anything you need to do and you can fix k- people and kids and like flawlessly. But you know, when people start passing the buck, it often, I feel like the buck gets passed on to nursing quite often. And mm-hmm. so like when you're acting as the case manager and the social worker and the psych and right. the nutritionist right, right. and you know, you're bless them, bless their hearts. But when you're fixing all the residents orders for him or her, <laughs> like, you know, like you're, you're like having to do all these extra steps and it's just, it's hard, you know, like when you don't have the support, um, you know, especially with like right after COVID, um, and even kind of currently, like with kind of the nursing shortage, people leaving nursing, people not wanting to come into nursing, people not wanting to come into healthcare in general, like not having the support you need is difficult because like you can feel it and it's just hard to kind of do every job. Like there's specific jobs in the hospital and there's jobs for a reason because it allows the healthcare team to work as a machine. And so when you're like missing pieces and trying to like fit nursing to like do that part, like, yeah, it's going to work, but if that gear wasn't supposed to go where like that empty gear spot was, you're going to grind the gears. Like something's going to give and break. And so (laughs) I think a lot of nurses just feel that pressure of like kind of being called on to do a lot of things and just at at some level too, like expected and kind of being like, yep, thank you. Like, that's it. Like keep it up. Yep. That's what you're expected to do. Do your job. So, (laughs) yeah. Um, That's a good image. The, the whole grinding the gears thing. Yeah. I think you don't realize how much, crap you get from every direction (laughs) (laughs) well that's the thing like Like, you you're the nurse like you're the front line like not to say that other healthcare workers aren't frontline healthcare workers they are but like you're the one who's in that room all the time so like even if the patient is upset at you know the the cleaning crew like you're gonna hear it first (laughs) you know especially if they're upset at the doctors like that a lot of that anger is going to be taken out on you. Like uh, I tell a lot of my new nurses, like often you're just going to be a sounding board for these parents, especially dealing with kids. Like, yeah. you know, that's someone's kid. And so like parents rightfully so get like pretty upset pretty quickly. If you start messing up or not giving them the right answers or if you're poking, them, poking a yeah, hole. Exactly. Yeah. You know, they want to know <laughs> exactly <laughs> if you're spilling their antibiotics all over the floor. And, um, and so like often, like a lot of our job is like just being the sounding board, like taking a lot of verbal abuse, um, which isn't, you know, some, you know, like I said, some of it's justified, like as a parent, you're worried, you're anxious, you're upset, but like, you know, in other sense, it's like, I'm a human being too. Like, and you're not even mad at me, but you're yelling at me. (laughs) So I think um, one of the funniest realizations that I had was like, it was like my damn, like, (laughs) (laughs) like, wow, this is really it. It was like. I, I, I feel like I, you know, people often say like, you know, or at least for me, I said, like, I can never be a therapist. Like, you know, you just listen to <laughs> yeah, people's problems all day. And I was like, looking through my day of nursing, I was like, wow. I, do a lot I literally do that. Like, <laughs> yeah. every single day 100%. that I go to work, it's just someone who's not healthy and, you know, they're telling me their problems. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> it's like, Which, I mean, like, uh, uh, like how I try to look at it especially when it's hard like it, it is cool that I can kind of facilitate all of those things for my patient yeah. like at the end of the day like 
I can be the case manager, like I can make calls, like I can be the social worker, I can see what needs, you know, this family needs, the support they need, like I can, I know what orders this kid's need, this kid needs, so even though like as a nurse I don't have the ability that the doctor is to order those things, I know this kid needs these orders, so I can ask the doctor directly for those orders, you know, I can, I can be that therapist for them, I can listen to that kid, I can listen to that family, I can relate to them, um, so like as hard and difficult as that is, um, like in one sense, like I try to flip it. It's like, these are all the reasons that it's cool to be a nurse. Cause like I can be everything for that family. I can be mm-hmm. everything for that patient, even down to like, you know, uh, I always liked it. Like when I had a, like a, not that I had a trauma patient, but when I had a trauma patient that had a lot of injuries and issues going on, I liked being like the primary nurse for that kid and getting to know the family. Like, you know, even cleaning up the counters in the room, organizing the room, taking out the trash, you know, cleaning the bed and changing the bed, helping the kid go to the bathroom, like just being a part of every part of that care for that kid is like a cool thing. And so, yeah, you just get integrated with the family and, you know, obviously there's a necessity for like therapists and doctors and physical therapy and environmental services, but it's cool when, you know, as a nurse, you kind of get to border some of those things and overlap some of those things that like I can help a kid um you know learn to get up and walk um maybe not as well as a physical therapist but I can use some of the techniques that I've learned from my physical therapy buddies and obviously PT is not always going to be in the room so I'm going to have to utilize some of that knowledge to help that patient get up and so um yeah just kind of like being as difficult as it is to be like asked to do all of those things and where that's like there's other jobs that can do that I try to look at it like it's kind of cool that I get to do all those jobs for someone you know yeah well cheers to you man (laughs) (laughs) glad that you haven't lost your compassion or that you're still very passionate about what you do man that's that's awesome (laughs) parents will ask me pretty candidly like oh do you still like being a nurse and I think it's pretty surprising like you know I have my bad days like I'm not I'm not going to say like these past couple years have been easy like COVID being a nurse during COVID has been very difficult, very trying. I've had very hard days, my wife can tell you. But um, at the end of the day, like, you know, even though <laughs> a lot of people, I think, don't believe me, like a parent will ask me, like, oh, do you still like being a nurse? Like, you can be honest. And it's like, one, I can't really be honest. But two, I, I am being honest. <laughs> like, yeah, I do. I do love what I do. I do love being a nurse. Yeah. Like, I think it's the best job you can do. That's awesome, man. I hope that you never lose that, that <laughs> compassion. You never lose that fire, man. Yeah. But, uh, Good luck to you with all, all everything that you got going on. I appreciate you know? it, yeah. Um, But yeah, man, thank you for coming on the show. This has been awesome, dude. I appreciate it, bro. It's great. great to hear all your stories, and thank you for sharing all I'm that happy with to us. You. I loved it. Yeah, man. Awesome. <laughs> all right, guys, Mr. Noah White. Be uh, be sure to check out next episode. I interview his wife. <laughs> <laughs> That's tomorrow. <laughs> all right, guys. All right, peace out.